Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Good morning and welcome to Catholic Education Plus. I'm Father Tom Bark, pastor at St. Benedict de Moore Parish in the Hill District and also the pastor at St. Mary Magdalene Parish, serving the communities of the East End, Homewood, Point Breeze, and Wilkinsburg sections of the city of Pittsburgh. We're full swing into the 2022-2023 school year, and it's time for football games and homecoming and lots of great fun activities. On the academic side, our teachers and students are diving headfirst into their studies. We thought this would be a good time to talk about our Catholic school education, how it really means to both in terms of academics and the faith. We will have Michelle Peduto, our Director of Diocesan Schools, with us uh, shortly, and we welcome another special guest this morning, Susie Leisher. She is the Curriculum Director at St. Louis de Marillac Catholic School in the South Hills. Susie, welcome this morning to Catholic Education Plus. Hi, Father. Thank you for having me. And thanks for being with us on this uh, memorable Sunday. Today is uh, September 11th, so obviously we remember 21 years ago our country under attack. So what a horrific day that has been. And so today is like a, a memorial day for all of our, our country uh, and our nation. Uh, would you uh, introduce yourself, Susie, to our audience uh, on your role uh, with St. Louis, but also with the Diocese of Pittsburgh? Sure. Again, my name is Susie Leach. I'm the curriculum director at St. Louis de Marillac Catholic School. Um, I also um, help with the South Hills region. Our school has been regionalized recently, so help with the schools in the South Hills region as well with curriculum development and planning. Okay, and what does that mean with the, the development planning? So our schools um, work as a team now. We meet as, as teams to go over um, what it is that our students are doing each day in and day out in our classrooms at each subject area, vertically and horizontally. So our teams of teachers meet um, across grade levels and um, from grades K to eight, uh, the South region, our schools are kindergarten through eighth grade buildings. Um, And what we're trying to do is we have a lot of strong public school districts that we compete with, but we're trying to give parents and kids a place, a safe place where they can learn a competitive place um, with rigorous academic standards um, and compete with the school districts that surround our, our wonderful Catholic schools. Absolutely. And um, I grew up in the South Hills in the Carrick-Overbrook area, so I'm familiar with Upper St. Clair, Bethel Park. Um, and, and so you're right, uh, St. Louis de Marillac uh, is in a wonderful public school districts, and there is a lot of competition out there. But the parents do have that choice of public or private. There's lots of options, um, but it's the faith that uh, obviously with St. Louis de Marillac and other Catholic schools. Now, uh, Our Catholic schools are truly a development of the whole child, 
and they have a strong sense of community and strong academics. Uh, Susie, can you explain, if you would, why someone would choose Catholic education when there's so many different options out there? Sure. I I think there are so many reasons to choose um, a Catholic school when there are many options out there, but I think that the reason I hear the most from parents is that they, especially with today's ever-changing world, they're looking for a place, that, a safe place that they can send their child to school um, that aligns with their moral beliefs and their understandings. Um, they want what the child is hearing at home to be what a child's hearing at school. And, and again, they want curriculum and a, a school day to be aligned with, with the, their teachings in the home. Um, I, I think that we do develop the whole child at St. Louis and at all of our Catholic schools. We don't just focus on that academic rigor, but we focus on their physical and their social and emotional health and all the other important components to raising a child. And that's why they call it the whole wholeness of it. It's faith and academics. So it covers everything. Yeah. Absolutely. Now let's dive into the academic portion. I'm sure this is a question you're asked all the time. Why would someone choose Catholic education when they live or are surrounded by high-performing public school districts, especially uh, in, in the South Hills? There's wonderful public school systems there. How do you develop and implement and evaluate the curriculum in your school? Sure. Um, so although, like you said before, where we are at St. Louis, we're surrounded by some very um, high-achieving school districts, um, we our students perform very well. Um, if we plan, we prepare these students to go on to high school. I, I was looking at a statistic that's talked about kids that graduate from Catholic high schools versus public high schools. And I'm sure the statistics are the same nationwide, but kid, kids do better. Kids that have that Catholic school upbringing, um, that they perform better than kids typically in a public school system. And I I think that's a a number of reasons, but I do think it's the planning, it's the curriculum, it's the faith, it's the whole child. Um, Your question about how the curriculum is developed, we have a a six-year curriculum cycle. So we take a look at how we take across six different years, we research um, in a subject area, we a selection year, an implementation year, we monitor that subject area for two years, and then we evaluate it. So reason why that curriculum calendar was started was because um, creating, implementing, updating the curriculum can be costly for um, schools in the diocese, and it can also um, take a lot of time and teacher time in order to research all of the different opportunities and things out there. Um, So it's spread out over the years so that um, we're not doing it all at once. And that curriculum, six-year curriculum cycle has helped us. Our teachers are integral to that curriculum planning and development. So as you drill down, how do you determine what will be covered in a given academic year? Uh, There are two gold standard resources and the diocese actually uses both. Can you explain this to our listeners this morning? Sure. So the two gold standards, um, I think that you're speaking of the um, diocesan standards and guidelines for, and then the Pennsylvania standard aligned system, which the diocesan guidelines do um, encompass those um, Pennsylvania state standards as well. But we're constantly looking at those guidelines um, and making sure that what whatever curriculum and um, curriculum map it, we have in place for a grade level in a subject area, um, that we're, we're covering all the things necessary for those grade levels. We meet with teachers um, across grade levels and um, within grade levels to, to make sure that we're 
not finding redundancies in what we're teaching from grade level to grade level and making sure that there are no gaps in our education from K to eight. So you look at the, obviously the Pennsylvania standards, but the diocese also has standards too. So it's a win-win situation for that. It is, it is. Now here's another nuts and bolts question. How do you look at the grade levels and align the curriculum so there is continuity and a continued increase in aptitude? All of the schools in the diocese um, are evaluated by middle states. And I'm going to give an example of how we've done it at St. Louis, an individual Mm -hmm. way. Um, We have looked at two different curricular areas, writing and math for the middle states. And what the middle states does is it has you set goals for your school. Um, And when we chose writing and math, we chose those as two areas that we could improve on the most for our school, um, show the biggest gains for our students, um, or maybe had some weaknesses. And then we, we tried to be creative with how we could create time for our students, time for our teachers um, to reflect on a curriculum from K to eight. Um, not many times do our teachers have time for a kindergarten teacher, math teacher, and an eighth grade math teachers to sit and plan together. But that um, planning is very important to make sure that we are, are covering what we need to cover Um, so that we can increase the aptitude, like you said, so that we can make sure that our curriculum is moving forward and that we're meeting all the standards and things uh, necessary to make our students be successful at the high school level and post-high school level. And we just have one more final question uh, before we take a break. Uh, How do you know uh, how these goals and standards are being met? Um, Is there like some follow-up or... uh, evaluation on that to keep that checks and balances, so to speak? Sure. So assessment, I think is the word mm-hmm. for assessment, yeah. coming to here. Mm-hmm. And that it's a very general term, although I would think parents um, think of it as a very specific term, but our, our teachers are con- continually assessing, which is critical to see if our goals are being met, but there are all different types of assessment that our teachers do in the classroom. There are diagnostic, formative, and summative assessments. Um, our diagnostic assessments are, are how we know uh, is what we're doing working. Where did our kids come to us? Are, do we need to cover these skills? Don't we need to cover these skills? Do we need to provide remediation? Do we need to provide enrichment? Um, but those diagnostic assessments we give three times a year. An example would be the Acadians assessment. Um, formerly Dibbles, but it's a reading and math assessment that we give our K to six students three times a year and gives our teachers an idea. It can give them instructional tips, how to group their students, um, where where the needs are for their classrooms. Um, then the formative assessments are things as simple as a, science, a first grade science teacher is doing a lesson on sinking and floating, and they want to see if the student understood the experiment they conducted in class. So they have the kids give a thumbs up or a thumbs down if something would sink or float. Those kind of constant checks are things that teachers are doing to see is what I'm teaching. Are the kids understanding? Do they need more reinforcement? Do I need to cover this topic again? Or can I move on? Um, And then finally, summative assessment. I think everybody knows that that type of assessment, you know, your Iowa assessments that we take within the diocese, the finals, the chapter tests, um, those are uh, more specific assessments that provide data for the teachers to help drive their instruction. We use all that data to drive our instruction. Great. We're going to take a break. We'll be back uh, for the second segment. You're listening to Catholic Education Plus with Father Tom Burke here on KDK Radio.
Welcome back to Catholic Education Plus. I'm Father Tom Burke, pastor at St. Benedict the Moore Parish in the Hill District and also St. Mary Magdalene Parish in the East End. With me on this Sunday, September 11th, uh, my special guest is Susie Leapshire. She is the curriculum director at St. Louis de Marillac uh, Catholic High School in Upper St. Clair. And uh, we have been talking a little bit about, uh, as we're diving in about faith and academics and how, how to keep a healthy balance and um, the curriculum obviously is important with that. So if we can uh, go into the, the second segment, uh, Susie, um, diving into a, the academic rigors of the Catholic school education system and talking about the faith and Catholic social teaching, um, tell us how the diocese plays in this role of balancing. So the Diocese of Pittsburgh is involved in many ways in this important process, but they they do, um, they have materials, textbooks, um, series of things that they they provide kind of a, an outline and a framework for schools. So for principals um, that have many things that they're doing in their busy days that can't evaluate all of the materials and things that are out there, there's kind of a list of things to choose from. Um, there's also um, obviously the diocesan guideline and framework um, overall for our Catholic schools and for our grade level teaching. Um, they also focus on reviewing curriculum. Uh, every few years, they focus on a particular subject area, um, and they create teams of diocesan teachers to meet and reflect on those subject areas uh, and put together curriculum maps for uh, those subject areas. So the, the overall framework materials we can use, it, it cre creates a guideline for us as schools. Now, Susie, um, expertise is also utilized on the college level. Uh, the diocese works with professors at the University of Pittsburgh. Uh, can you share a little bit about how this works? This is an interesting thing when um, I'm first to know about this. So I'm curious how you have a connection with Pitt. So I'll share my experience with that. A, a few years ago, as I just mentioned, the diocese will focus on a subject area every few years um, and 2019, um, I, we were focusing on K-8 math, and we were creating math maps um, and partnered with the University of Pittsburgh, Dr. Nick Byatt. Um, we partnered with, um, and there were teams of diocesan teachers um, for kindergarten through eighth grade math, um, worked on looking at our math curriculum, looking at any any um, maps that the diocese had. We looked at the curriculum guidelines for each grade level, and we looked at updating our, our math curricula to make sure that we were meeting the needs of our current students. So you, you really uh, utilize that with um, helping with that, with the college too, the college level too. Absolutely. That's great. Dr. Byatt was a great resource. Yeah. I want to bring in uh, Michelle Peduto, our director of Catholic schools. Uh, she's joining us too on this second segment. Um, Michelle, uh, as Susie has been talking a little bit about the, the faith in the curriculum um, and the rigors of the Catholic school education, um, can you kind of see how the diocese plays a role with the materials, the textbooks, and involving the teachers and the administrators? Sure, Father Tom, and it, it's wonderful to be here with you both. Um, we do oversee it. We do recognize that each school has a unique identity a unique personality, but we do oversee the faith. That is the bishop's role within our, uh, within our diocese to be sure that the faith component is taught well and with great heart in our schools. Um, we also work together, each, each region, uh, the regional administrators, we work together to collaborate on um, 
curriculum development and what assessment tools. The assessment tools are universal. We use assessment tools throughout our diocese. The standardized tests we give, that's all arranged and and paid for not by the diocese, but by the intermediate units that we work with. So um, we oversee it. We work with uh, wonderful people like Susie, who is extraordinary in her ability. We're so fortunate to have her. Um, she has great, great insight and great instincts when it comes to curriculum and assessment. And I frequently go to her for advice myself because she is uh, willing to give it. She's probably one of the most humble people I know too. She would not, I'm sure she's turning red right now, <laughs> just thinking about the fact that we're giving so many accolades, but it is true. It's good to have uh, Susie uh, with us, um, part of the diocese now too. So she's helping out. And uh, Susie, you want to add anything? Uh, Michelle had a lot of accolades for you. So. <laughs> well, I can't say enough wonderful things about Michelle either. She is wonderful to work with. And I ask for help from her as well. Um, but everything Michelle said is true. They, the diocese offers, you know, overall guidance for us. And we do, we are allowed to have our independence as individual schools, which is very nice, but it is nice to have that framework. Um, as, as I said before, because of how busy each principal is and how, how much thought and research needs to go into planning the planning of curriculum. And we just have about three minutes left. Um, so I'm going to throw this question to both of you, Michelle and Susie, as we've been uh, talking about uh, the diocese has certain standards. Obviously, we have to follow the state standards. We're hearing a lot of data uh, that our children have been behind because of the remote learning. And this is the first year in three years that we can kind of, so to speak, get back to normal. Uh, can both of you just add your little expertise on how we can uh, evaluate our students to try to get them back up into full strength. Obviously, it's not going to happen overnight, but you want to add anything on uh, from the data that's been going out that some of the students are still behind and how do, how do we get them to catch up? I, I will say we feel pretty fortunate, and I'm sure all of the other Catholic schools in K-8 can say the same, that we were remote for such a very short period of time. Um, the time that we were remote, that March to June period in 2020, our students were synchronous and online and with their teachers face-to-face -face for instruction. Um, so what we have seen at St. Louis, and I think our other schools in the diocese could probably speak the same, is that the learning loss that we've seen has been uh, less than what has been seen across the country. I feel fortunate about that. But of course, there, there always you always do see learning loss or how we look at that data and evaluate it. I, I spoke before about diagnostic assessments. Um, we're using the Dibbles and Acadians data to look at where our kids came in at the beginning of the school year. Um, we're trying to be proactive with how we group these kids, how we provide remediation, um, how we provide enrichment for the kids um, for the differentiation that we're seeing from grade level to grade level. But again, I feel pretty lucky to say it's minimal here because of the time that our children were able to be face to face with us. Good. Michelle, you want to add anything? I would. I agree wholeheartedly. But I do. I do think as we approach this issue, we are te we are teachers, and we understand how children learn. And this is not a race to get them caught up. We have to accept the reality of what went on for the last three years and look at our students as individuals and meet them where they are, just as we always have done. 
And uh, in doing that, we'll address their needs and we will give them the proper education. We have to be very careful about running this like we're running a sprint and understand that we have a marathon going on and we, uh, we don't need the added pressure put on our students. We just need to meet them where they are. Yeah, just like in anything, it, it just takes time. You have to uh, accept this with kid glove care, so to speak. And you're right, right. Michelle, it's not a race. And um, in, in the Catholic schools have were very minimal with the shutdown compared to other uh, public and other yeah. private schools, too. So uh, for our Catholic school students, obviously, uh, they were in person more than others. And that, that's definitely a blessing. So Michelle Peduto, the director of Catholic schools for the Diocese of Pittsburgh, and Susie Leapshare from St. Louis de Marillac School in Upper St. Clair. Thank you for being with us this morning. Thank you. Thank you. We'll be back in a moment. You're listening to Catholic Education Plus with Father Tom Burke here on KDK Radio. This weekend in our Plus segment, we are featuring the 24th Sunday in Ordinary Time. In the Gospel of Luke, Jesus gives us three parables, the parable of the lost sheep, the lost coin, and the forgiving father, also traditionally known as the prodigal son. And a major theme throughout uh, Luke's Gospel is repentance and forgiveness. And of course, all three of the parables this weekend focus on something being lost, but rejoicing and being found. And Jesus is teaching us that God will always be the good shepherd, the persistent woman, and the generous father. God's mercy is inclusive, it's powerful, and beyond all human wisdom. And in God's view, there's no being for one God that will not search high and low to find what was lost and to call them back home. And again, as I mentioned at the beginning of this segment, uh, we uh, honor our nation today on the 21st anniversary of the September 11th attacks in New York, in Washington, D.C., and also very close to home in Shanksville, uh, Somerset County. So we pray for our nation, pray for our world. And on this 24th Sunday, what was lost has now been found. And let us pray for anything that we are searching for, hope and love, forgiveness, reconciliation, companionship, faith. Christ is right there to help us and to guide us and to find us. What was lost has been found. We'll see you in two weeks. Thank you for listening to Catholic Education Plus with Father Tom Bark here on KDK Radio. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? You spend only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. 
Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. 